On this week's episode of the Tide Keeps Rolling podcast, Mason, Hunter, and Clay weigh on Alabama basketball's activity in the transfer portal. Then, the crew discusses expectations for cornerback Terrion Arnold. The Tide Keeps Rolling on the Bama Central Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tide Keeps Rolling podcast on the Bama Central Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mason Smith, alongside Kelly Clay Miller, excuse me, Clay, I'm sorry, and Hunter Decipher. Clay, I don't know why I stumbled upon your name, man. I usually say it right every day. Ah, you're good. Hey, get a little tongue twisted every once in a while. Right. Well, at the end of the day, you know, this is the big three of the Tide Keeps Rolling podcast. We do have some interesting subjects to talk about today, starting with Alabama men's basketball. Now, of course, transfer portal has been kind of going for some weeks now. We've seen several players from Alabama leave. We've also seen one player commit, you know, eventually will soon be signing, Jaquan Walton. Hunter, I'm going to start with you. We've seen players of big names and, you know, lesser names go to other programs. We've only seen one player commit to Alabama from the transfer portal. Now, the lack of moves in terms of player personnel, sometimes even coach personnel, do you think that's a big deal compared to other programs? Do you think it's a little deal or do you think it's no deal at all? I'm going to go with a big deal, mainly because of the guys that have declared for the draft, um, which is, I believe, five. So you got Brandon Miller, who's going to be drafted, Noah Clowney, who's very likely to be drafted. And then you got these three players, Sears, Bediaco, and Quinterly, who are all kind of surprised, um, surprised uh, people to opt in for the draft, but they will be maintaining their college el- eligibility. Um, but if they go, what's going to happen? I think we are really in need for some transfers just in case they do go. No, you're absolutely right. Now, Clay, I, I, t- I immediately turn it to you. We kind of talked about it before we started recording. There are only five people on the Alabama roster that played last year that haven't declared or haven't transferred anything. And that's Rylan Griffin, Nick Pringle, Kai Spears, Jaden Quillen, and Max Ronowski. Now, Davin Cosby is in the roster, but like you pointed out, he did not play. He sat as a red shirt. Again, you know, other teams are making moves, getting getting top transfers. We think we saw Arkansas get another transfer, Tremont Mar from, from Houston, I think. So in your opinion, is it a big deal, little deal, or no deal that Alabama's made so little noise in the transfer portal yet, as of yet? I think fourth answer, too early to tell because we still have time to go in the transfer portal. We've seen several players now cut Alabama down to – being one of the teams in their like final four list, um, you know, Aaron Estrada just did that, the transfer from Hofstra, a couple other players. I mean, and let's be honest, you know, as Alabama riders and, and people that cover it, we kind of view Alabama, you know, as a premier program in our minds. But a lot of these big time transfers are not going to look at Alabama as the, fir- as, the la- as the first place that are looking to transfer to finish their career, which is why you're seeing like Michigan, Indiana, a lot of these kind of established programs get these top high level transfers. So I'm not too surprised they haven't gotten anything, but I'm also think a lot of the guys they targeted, you know, it's a two way street. You have to reach out to the player and the player has to be interested in you. And I think several of the players who they reached out to have yet to decide. So before we make a decision on whether they've done too little, uh, I think we need to wait a little longer to see if some of these guys that they're in the running for pick Alabama. Honestly, Clay, I'm right in the middle between you and Hunter. I think it is a little deal. 
like you said, I do believe that it's still early. I think there is plenty of time for Alabama to still land some big splashes. Again, Aaron Estrada, real, real hot name on the market. He just put Alabama in his top four. He may come here. There are several other players. I know we were in contention with Kayla Aware for a while before he committed to Indiana. So there's always still a lot to go down. But I still think, like Hunter said, it's a it's still a deal of some sort. Why? Because like I said, there are only five players who haven't, you know, made any declarations of leaving the program via any avenue. I think that's important to kind of remember. Hey, you're trying to build consistency. This is a team that made the Sweet 16 that's trying to build on that. And you can't do that with players that are brand new every single year. And if you do do that with, with brand new players, you kind of want to make sure that talent is up to snuff, especially going against the SEC and then, of course, other elite competitors in the NCAA tournament. I think it is a deal of some sort. I don't think it's a big deal. But I still think it's early enough to say, hey, you know, Jaquan Walton, I think is a great pickup. I think he's going to work. But I think it's a question to be made, man. Like, what else is going on? Is there something that's going to be a big splash, you know, tomorrow after after this podcast drops? Who, who knows? But I think it is a deal of sorts. Now, to kind of transition to the next topic, or at least kind of within the same, you know, overall umbrella thing, thinking, the needs. I think. Hunter kind of pointed it out. There are some needs that Alabama could pull from the portal because we know for a fact that Brendan Miller is gone. We know for a fact that Noah Clowney is like 90%. I think he's like, I think he's gone. I'm pretty sure Noah Clowney's gone. You got Don Welch that aged out. You got Noah Gurley that aged out. So that's four players you know for sure are not going to be here. And then Jaden Bradley and Marbinette transferred out. So with what's left or what with, pro, with players that have left the program, Clay, I'm going to go to you first. What are some skills, maybe not players in particular, if you do, great, but what are some skills or areas that Alabama should be looking for in the transfer portal? I think the main two, and then I, I'm going to stick to what I wrote about a couple weeks ago, is they need some some athletic size on the interior, especially if Clowney and Bediaco leave. Now, Bediaco is probably more likely to come back. And I also think they just need some some scoring and some shooting I mean, we saw it last last uh, at times at the end of last season, especially from the guard spot. We we kind of had a lack of scoring uh, in the backcourt, and now we hope Rylan Griffin will kind of improve and provide that this year. Maybe Mark Sears and Javon Quinterly come back, but I, that's why I think it's so important with names like Denver Jones, Aaron Estrada. We need a kind of a scoring punch, and the best way to find that is people who have already played college basketball and are really experienced. I will say to kind of go back to the transfer portal and why maybe we haven't made as much noise. Players may not exactly want to transfer to Alabama right now because of the kind of uncertainty with who's coming back. Because let's say Aaron Estrada commits to Alabama, but then Quinterly and Sears come back to school. How's that going to look minutes-wise? So it is going to – what we need is going to vary based on who comes back and who decides to return and play at Alabama. I think that's a big point to consider, especially with NATO system kind of favoring the guards. I mean, just to be honest, as you've seen in NATO system the past four years, the guards have really started to thrive. We see a lot more about the guard play. Now you have your Herb Jones, your Brandon Millers of the world, your Noah Clowns of the world, but those are kind of the minority when it comes to a NATO system and an Alabama basketball team that's prioritized perimeter play, shooting, fast break. You're not really, you're not going to see many Bediacos probably going forward. May, hopefully we do, but that again, even if they get some size, like you said, it's going to be athletic like a Nick Pringle. Now, to be honest, if you watched Nick Pringle before he got to Alabama, he actually played more of a wing spot. And I don't think he's going to play too much of a wing spot at Alabama, but I would you know, keep that in the back of your mind. He may transition. I think it would help being a 6'9 athletic guy who can guard multiple positions. Now, Hunter, I'm going to toss it to you. 
Now, you you can make this decision based off who you think is coming back. Because if you think Betty is coming back, maybe you don't really need a center. If you think Sears and Quinlan coming back, maybe you don't need as much, you know, backcourt play. But with all that kind of considered, you know, where do you think Alabama needs to look in the portal? Yeah, so I'm going to base it off of two things. So we're going to go option A. Mm-hmm. Is Quinterly, Sears, and Bediaco all get drafted? And option B, none of them get drafted. And personally, I think it'll be more towards option B. I don't think any of them will be drafted. And I think they'll all be back. But if it's option A, if none of them, I mean, if they're all gone, I think you just got to go with shooting. You got to find someone that can get points. It's not really about the playmaking or the defense or the bigs. You just got to prioritize points over everything. But option B, if they all come back, um, this is where um, I've been debating over the last few weeks um, with the whole Jaden Bradley being gone and the whole playmaking thing. I think you need to find a playmaker to really get all the chemistry back and find those shooters in which could be Sears and possibly Quinterly and obviously um, Ryan Griffin. But um, and then you still have Bediaco down low. You need a playmaker if all of them are back. No, I think that's kind of fair, honestly. I would I would kind of side with you in some regard. I think Alabama needs to look for some wing depth in in the transfer portal. Of course, Brent, that was Brandon Miller's primary position when Don Welch came back. That was his position. They just need some size on the wings. If you remember during the season, they would either they would either play with Brandon Miller at the three, or they would honestly go small and go three guards. They they may go a, a Quinterly, Bradley, and Griffin lineup, which honestly may not, I don't think that's going to work. You're going to need some size at that three spot and sometimes a two and three spot. I think you probably want to transition Sears to being more of a scoring point guard and let somebody else kind of take over facilitating duties. So I, I would rather them look for some wing size about, you know, in the six, six to six, eight range. When they, if they do that, I feel like they'll be fine in terms of priorities in the transfer portal. Now, I say that with a grain of salt because if we look at their incoming class of freshmen, you got Muhammad Diubate from New York who's about 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, you got Sam Walters, who's 6'9", and slim. You got Chris Parker, who, who they just added, who's a solid 6'6", six, six, and get his own shot. So there is some, there are some wings that are coming in from in, in the incoming freshman class. I think that's going to be pretty impressive. But I think beyond that, I think they may want some experience because at the end of the day, college basketball is kind of trending towards a win-now thing, which is unfortunate. But at the end of the day, if you want to win now, you're going to need experience. And it's going to be a real high-risk, high-reward factor to rely on freshmen. We just saw it this year. Most of the main players for Alabama's team were freshmen, and it worked in a lot of ways, but when it came down to an experienced San Diego State team, it literally fell off a cliff. So I'm pretty sure they want some experience on the wings, and that's where I think they should lean. Now, before we kind of transition to football, there's another basketball team at Alabama that's making some moves, the women's basketball team. Clay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you start it off, but you know if you want to toss it back to me, that's fine. I think women's basketball has made some serious moves. I think they've, they've gotten three three women in the, in the transfer portal, highlighted by Meg Newman. Um, they got a five-star coming in in essence, Cody. You know, just just give me just give me a brief, you know, your thoughts on how Christy Curry is kind of revamped going into next season. Yeah, I think, you know, it's very hopeful so far in the offseason. Like you said, they have five-star coming in in essence, Cody. You know, they picked up the transfer from Meg Newman and Jessica Timmons um, from NC State as well. So it certainly seems like, you know, Curry is – is kind of getting Alabama out there as a name and as a program that you can come to. It's also, I think, very notable to point out that Brittany Davis was drafted last night with the last pick in the WNBA Shout out draft. to Brittany. Shout out to her. So, I mean, it's kind of what we've seen with Alabama basketball. Like, if you can produce some some professional talent, people are going to want to come play at your university. So, yeah, I'll throw it back to you. You know, what do you 
especially the two transfers, do you think they fill kind of a hole uh, in Alabama's roster that maybe was missing this past season? I do. I, I really do. And just, just so our fans know, just so the listeners can know, there are three transfers right now that have committed to Alabama. You have Meg Newman, who came from Arizona State. You have Jessica Timmons. And then you have Del Janae Williams. I hope I hope I said your name correctly. Those are the three transfers as of right now that have committed to Alabama. All three of those women fill a big role for Alabama. Newman, honestly, is going to fill a role in the front court. Jada Rice is all but gone. Like she said, there's a very, very, like, infinitesimally small chance that she comes back. But uh, more likely than not, she's going to try to turn pro. She's going to go to law school, you know, focus on, focus on other things. And outside of Jada, the, the interior for Alabama was rather weak. So I think adding Meg Newman, you add, again, Essence Cody, who is 6'4". You add a Naomi Jones, who's another freshman that's 6'4". Like, you add some talent. But adding a veteran who did some things at Arizona State, I think that's a really big deal. Then you add Jessica Timmons and Deljanae Williams. You need some scoring from the backcourt. Let's remember – you're, you, there's no longer Brittany Davis. There is no Hannah Barber. There is no Megan Abrams. Though your three senior players are all gone. Loyal McQueen is still here, but I want to see how she improves as a ball handler and she's be more of a score first person. You do have Carly Weathers, but Carly Weathers is only a sophomore. And she kind of developed just a nat, just the natural development alone. So I do believe adding those two guards is a really big deal for them. I think, I do think they're going to fit into Kirk, Christy Curry's system. And I do believe they'll provide some extra scoring and hopefully some shooting too. Remember, the the women's team is often pretty built like the men's team. They love to shoot those three pointers. They got I think they had the most three point attempts of the SEC. They were definitely top five in three point percentage. So it's gonna be a really big deal, you know, for those three transfers to kind of come in and, you know, continue the load. And it's gonna be a really big deal for Curry to kind of make them fit. Hunter, before we kind of transition to the the next topic or the next different topic, do you have any two cents you want to add about women's basketball? Yeah, I'm going to focus on the recruiting class. I noticed that um so I know that they were the 10 seed in March Madness, but they were the 14, the number 14 overall team in the recruiting class, which I thought was very impressive to have three top 100 players led by Essence Cody like we said. Um but they also have Naomi Jones who's another big um but and you mentioned something about the guards. Um Rachel Douglas is a guard. What can you tell me about her and what she could bring on to the team? Well, if you watch Loyal McQueen play for Alabama, Rachel Douglas is very similar. She's a downhill driver. She likes to attack the rim. She and she can finish. I think that's the real big thing that Alabama sometimes lack that time is finishing around the rim. And Rachel Douglas can do exactly that. Now, honestly, remember what I just said. Two of the starters in the guard position, Brittany Davis and Hannah Barber, graduated. They're done. They're not coming back. You're gonna need to fill that spot some way or somehow. And yes, you may look to the upper class from first, but I think Rachel Douglas has a legitimate chance to be a starter as a true freshman for Alabama women's basketball. That's how good she is. And that's how much of a need she feels for the scoring. When you, when you graduate a score like Brittany Davis, if y'all paid attention to the women's basketball at all, you would know that Brittany Davis is oftentimes the sole legitimate score of that offense. Like she led the, she led the team with 17 points per game. I think the next leading scorers are at nine. That's a pretty big difference between your first and second leading score. And now Davis is gone. So what are you going to do? You're probably going to need more balanced scoring. I think they do that. I think they have that with the pieces that are coming back. Again, Loyal McQueen's coming back. Um, I think Kyle Wade, Warren, Gianna Cunningham, I think the two I think the two of them are going to be, you know, they're going to prove their worth in camp. I do think Loyal McQueen's going to be great. Sarah Ashley Barker, you know, came on strong for the second half of the year. Really, really strong. Carly Weathers is going to be in her second in the SEC. But, Ray, but Rachel Douglas, make sure I said that correctly. 
I think I I think she's gonna be you know real real challenging for that um, that starting guard spot. I'm looking forward to seeing her play. So that's what we look forward to at women's basketball. But now we're going to transition to the gridiron, and we've seen a lot of storylines come out of spring camp for Alabama football. But one thing I want to focus on, guys, is cornerback Terion Arnold. Now, if you guys got a chance to watch it, Terion Arnold did speak to the media, and it was a joke by somebody that I know that's you know follows Alabama program closely. That he wasn't sure Terion was going to speak. Why? Because I remember Terion, he was a starter as a redshirt freshman. He, he had some ups, but he had some really, really serious downs. Ultimately, lost the job to Eli Riggs, who went to the draft. Now it looks like that Terion may be in spring camp as the other starting corner beside Kule McKinstry. It's a lot to kind of unpack for him. And Clay, again, I go back to you to start it off. What What do you think should what is What is the enigma that is Terion Arnold right now? Do you you know, believe in him. Do you think he's going to bounce back, have a strong second year? Do you think that they're going to lean towards a younger corner that may be more talented than him? Where do you think Terion Arnold, you know, what should we expect from him for the spring and maybe for the fall? I mean, I, once again, I, this has been my answer twice today. I think with him, you got to be patient and it's too early to tell because rarely do freshmen come in to Nick Saban's system and just thrive right away, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we've seen a lot of NFL players that have come from Alabama who maybe not have, have not even played that much their freshman year. And, you know, I think his case is a good case for the whole team last year where we had a lot of high expectations for the, both the offense and the defense. But if you really looked at the roster, it was a lot of top-heavy names, right? Will Anderson, Toa Toa, Battle, Bryce Young. But the depth at a lot of those positions wasn't great. Um, and that forced some of the young guys to kind of step in and play. And like you said, Arnold was fighting Ricks all season. I think he definitely has the talent. And like he said, you know, last year he was kind of thrown into the fire. And so another offseason under his belt, more experience. I definitely think that he is going to play better now. I'm not going to say he's going to be like a Patrick Sertan all of a sudden, but I definitely think he has a, a potential to be a really good SEC corner and eventually play in the NFL, especially opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry. So I mean, Alabama's defense, I think, especially from a depth position or depth situation is a lot better than it was last year. And he's he's just a, a, an example of that. And I'm going to go straight to you. Now, you've already mentioned Terry is not your favorite player on Alabama's roster, which which I completely understand. But again, it's a lot to unpack with him. He did talk to the media and talking about how last year was his first year really playing corner. He said he was played safety in high school. So. Do you think that a second year at the cornerback position, working with Coach Lavarius Robinson, the defensive secondary coach, do you think that helps, or do you think it might be time to look elsewhere? So when I was researching for this podcast, I did notice that he was a safety in high school. I had no clue, and so I totally understand why there was the struggle, which is why I'm with Clay, why I'm with, uh, why I'm with Clay, and that we should be patient with him in these first few games. Obviously, last year he kind of struggled in that man-to-man system especially against guys like Jalen Hyatt um, for Tennessee. But I think patience is the real key here. Obviously, he's got um, Jaleel Hurley or Earl Little um, backing him up as guys could potentially take over his job. But I really think patience is the key for him. I honestly think so, too. And now I'm kind of, I'm kind of pulling up to double check. Let's, let's remember, we're hearing enough about the other prospects and other positions. Like, we've heard – we can't stop talking about Caleb Downs. All we've heard is how Caleb Downs is just lighting it up. You know, with the ones, he's probably going to be a starter as a true freshman. Like, everybody loves Caleb Downs. People have talked about Caden Proctor. Caden Proctor has done well for himself, you know, so far in camp. To be honest, I haven't heard much from the cornerbacks as true freshmen. 
if you if you want to consider that, I haven't heard much in terms of you know who's coming in as a true freshman that could really challenge for that spot. I'm pulling up the thing now. Desmond Ricks, obviously a five star corner. I'm really nervous for him because if, if anybody's going to push as a true freshman for that cornerback spot as a starter, it's probably going to be him. You have him. You got Jaleel Hurley from Florence. You know, you you have some talent as true freshman coming into that cornerback spot. So it's going to be not easy to kind of get that job. Now, let's also keep this in mind, too. Earl Little is a name that we've heard a lot about as well. Earl Little was a – I think he's going into either his redshirt freshman or his true sophomore year. A lot of people are high on him. They think he's going to, you know, finally step onto the scene and make a make a big splash. If he does, I think that's going to be a major, major graph for Alabama. So, Tyrion – Pull it for you, dog, but it's definitely not going to be easy. If I had to guess, I think Tarion may get the nod as a starting cornerback. I think he'll, I think he'll start the spring game as one of the starting cornerbacks on the first team, and I think he'll go into the season or go into at least fall camp as a starting cornerback on the first team. I think he'll at least he's at least earned that. But I'll be very very careful about who is that second cornerback spot because between Earl Little, Desmond Ricks, and Jalil Hurley. I think there's a lot of youthful talent behind him. Now, now before we go, because that was the end of that was the end of my deal. Are there any other players, Clay Hunter, that maybe our fans should keep in mind as well? Like we talked about Tarion. Obviously, we talked about the quarterback battle. We talked about the running back battle. We even mentioned the offensive line battle. But are there any other players that you know you've heard through the grapevine that you've done some research on that you think would be worth mentioning before we get out of here? Yeah, I, I'll sorry, I'll start. Um. You know, I think it's fair to mention, like you said, along with Terry and Arnold, Caleb Downs, I think, is going to be very important to how well the secondary is this year, or at least someone in that safety position. If you look back at Alabama's defensive struggles last year, you know, it's easy to look at the secondary as a whole as the problem. But really, the cornerbacks weren't the biggest issue. It was the the safety position. And we've struggled since Mika Fitzpatrick and Eddie Jackson to kind of find a safety who can cover a lot of the best SEC wide receivers. And as much as Jordan Battle and DeMarco Helms are part of the Crimson Tide program and, and big parts of it, they struggle to cover athletic wide receivers. And so Caleb Downs is kind of, you know, coming in and being in that Minka Fitzpatrick type and you know, having all this hype, that's going to be huge. Uh, the other player I think is that I keep hearing raved about, I heard it during the Sugar Bowl practices, is Malik Benson. We've talked about on this podcast yes. how we're looking for the next Alabama wide receiver that follows in the footsteps of, you know, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, whoever you want to insert. And, uh, I mean, we're hearing stuff like Malik Benson could be that guy. So very interested to see how he does in this. Let's point this out, too, before you before you continue or before I go throw it to Hunter. When Bryce Young threw it his pro day, one of the receivers out there was newly transferred wide receiver Malik Benson. He was out there catching passes from one of the greatest quarterbacks or maybe the greatest quarterback Alabama history. And he just got here. Like Hunter, I think that's a really big deal if I say so myself. But you know, you can you can give your two cents on that, and then also mention who do you think we should keep in keep an eye on during spring and fall camps. Yeah. So since I've been here, I am um, I'm a senior, and um in, in my freshman year, it's 2019. Um, there was Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Devonte Smith, and Jerry Judy, and then since then, it's kind of dipped off from becoming like this all-out wide receiver school. So now it's shifting towards running backs and linebackers. But now with Malik Benson coming in, I think it'd be a big deal adding to potentially Ja'Cory Brooks, Jermaine Burton, and Isaiah Bond. I think it could be definitely someone that could get some playing time for sure. Um, but regarding my picks um, for someone to look out for, 
I'd probably go Tim Smith. Tim Smith, uh, one of those Buford guys, I believe. Um, Ooh, I believe he had two veteran. sacks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he had two sacks in the. Um, oh, my bad. Hold on. Not Tim Smith. Um, James Smith. Oh, the freshman. The freshman. Yeah, my bad. My bad. James Smith. Yeah. It's fine. Hey, it's a lot yeah. of Smiths. You need, look, I, I get it. I really do get yeah. it. <laughs> James Smith, I mean, I think Alabama since 2019 has kind of struggled at like that nose tackle, D tackle position. Obviously, we've had Christian Barmore and Phil Mathis, but besides that, there really has been much. But Tim Smith, not Tim Smith, James Smith had two sacks in man, the scrimmage. You're going to have to really just buckle down on names going into next year, man. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, so I think, uh, someone like James Smith who had two sacks in the scrimmage, I think it could be a big addition to this D line and could potentially get some starts as a freshman. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I think James Smith, I've heard a lot about him as well. Um, uh, I think there's been a lot of puzzles about him taking, uh, first team reps on the defensive line. Now let's remember this defensive line, you know, Byron Young is not there. DJ Dale is not there. So you're kind of competing with. Justin Aboigbe, who just came back from injury. Jaheim Otis, oh, man among boys. We know he's going to be great. We're looking forward to seeing him come back. But besides those two, and like Tim Smith, like you said, because he's still there as well, there's a lot of – there's a reason we're hearing more about the freshmen than the other returners that are coming back. And I think that's a big sign with James Smith. I think he's going to be really big on the team. And I think I'll wrap this up. And I've talked about this in the fall when I first got the Bama Central and I talked about it. I think the three-headed monster wide receivers, Kobe Prentice, Isaiah Bond, and Kendrick Law, I think the three of them will be huge for Alabama. I'll, I'll look forward. They've all made plays individually last season, and I think there's going to be way more opportunity to kind of make those plays going forward. Uh, it's going to be tough because, again, you have Jermaine Burton, you have Malik Benson that's establishing himself, you have Ja'Cory Brooks. So that's three wide receivers. You're probably going to run at most five out there at a time. But I think – if though if at least two of them make the progress they shouldn't make, Kendrick Law, Isaiah Bond, and Kobe Pennis, two of those three will definitely be a part of the main rotation for, for Alabama wide receivers. I'm looking forward to see how they do, you know, this upcoming season. But for that, we are done for today. Again, I appreciate you guys tuning in. The A-Day game, the spring game, is free for anybody to attend. That is on April 22nd. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. We're going to be there, Bama Central is, along with other coverage of Alabama athletics. So with Hunter DeCyber, Clay Miller, I am Mason Smith, and the tide keeps on rolling.